man, I forgot how close cars like to get to us. (laughs) What is the point? Like, come on now. Um, And that's something you see commonly on, you know, you do a Zwift ride or workout or, you know, one of the group rides and people are chatting a lot about, you know, I don't ride outside anymore. It's just, it's not worth it to me. And so you can have a nice platform like Zwift where you ride and um, don't have to, you can get a hard workout, you can race, you can have a grand time. Um, so it's, it's, I, I really like riding outside. It's fun. It's, it's, there's nothing else like being able to go out and ride your bike outside and, um, nice weather, you know, with family, with friends, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's not always the, the safest. One global yet very local cycling podcast brought to you by Lowland Cycling. to today's episode of the Lowland Cycling Podcast. Jeff and I speak with Rebecca Larson. Rebecca is a former pro cyclist who nowadays combines her work at the faculty of Oklahoma University, raising her family and still competing at a very, very high level with her daily life. We hope that you enjoyed this podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the channel and leave a review if you can. Thank you in advance. Uh, my name is Re- Rebecca Larson. Um, I have been racing road for 20 plus years. I started when I was a junior, 13-ish, and how I got into cycling was um, my dad used to be a runner. Um, he developed degenerative arthritis, and actually, ultimately, he had to have his hips replaced, but that was much later on. And a colleague of his suggested riding, because that's non-impact, so pick up riding and he started riding he, he, and then he decided, Hey, this is kind of fun. Maybe I should start racing. So he started racing as a masters, which isn't necessarily as common. A lot of people will be racing and then they're like, I'm not, I'm not strong enough to be pro one two. So I'm going to race masters, but masters racing is super difficult. It's like a bunch of cat ones and twos racing. It's just, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and so I used to go to all his races when I was a kid and I just had a blast. Um, and so I started riding and racing and then, um, had some good opportunities. I grew up in uh, Colorado, Boulder, Colorado. So there was lots of juniors racing pretty good, lots of women, um, and having the Olympic training center, um, not too far from where I grew up and and was pretty successful, uh, early on as a, as a junior, um, had, uh, was actually racing on, kind of a pro level team when I was 17. Um, it was called Jane cosmetics. It was out of California. Um, and then I won junior nationals and was able to go to do, um, worlds as a junior once was in Holland, Vulcanburg, and then the other was in Italy. And, um, from there I was still racing kind of on different, um, American trade teams, um, then went to college, went to the university of Florida, um, and started racing collegiately, which was just a blast. Um, and what's so really cool about collegiate cycling is you have this huge continuum. You have people that have never even ridden a 
bike mm-hmm. to people that are seasoned, you know, pros and top level, athletes, you know, cyclists coming together to race. You, you, you train together. We go to the gym, you race together. It's collegiate racing is just a blast. Um, and I was, had some success there on the road and the track won uh, a few collegiate races um, and collegiate nationals as well. And then uh, again, still doing some professional stuff. We, I travel around the U S racing and then um, we moved, my husband and I moved to Georgia to do our PhDs 2007. They my PhD and, and I think I'd forgotten to mention in the first part. I did uh, a postdoc as well in Georgia, um, still racing, got a chance to race on the national team over in Europe, and then moved to the University of Oklahoma, which my husband and I are both faculty here. We're still at University of Oklahoma. Um, never imagined I'd live in Oklahoma, but we actually, it's, it's not that bad. We like it. Yeah, exactly. Um, minus the tornadoes. Don't like those. Those are not uh, when kind of a, not a funny, but kind of a funny, we moved into the house we have, and it didn't have a storm shelter. And we're like, we'll be fine. We can just, we live really close to the department. We can just go to my lab. It's, you know, in the basement, we'll be fine. Um, after my, our daughter was born, um, there was a really bad tornado that went through more, which isn't very far that basically just, just destroyed. And it was bad. Um, we now have a storm shelter. It's in our garage. They come in and they basically dig out in the garage. You can have it standing one on one in the garage, Mm -hmm. eight by eight box. And they just drop it in there and you register it with the, um, we've had to go in there a few times, but not too many. Um, so after my daughter was born, unfortunately, I got really sick. And so I wasn't riding for three, four actually almost five years to, I would, I started back riding not that long ago. Um, and I, my fitness was in the toilet. I could barely ride 15 minutes without being like, this is horrible. It was a very unique experience that I don't ever want to have to do again. Um, because I had been so fit and racing at such a high level and basically starting from zero again, uh, it came back really fast. Um, and then I started racing at a decently high level again. Um, you know, pro one, two, I don't travel as much anymore just because of job and family, um, done masters nationals, uh, had won the criterium two years in a row in my age group was hoping to do it this year again, but who, who knows? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of my career in a nutshell. You said you were racing crit and you were racing track. Did you do any other disciplines as well? Uh, the road. So I did stage races. I did a little bit of everything. Um, so I'm not a pure sprinter. I'm not a pure climber, but I can do them all pretty decently. If I can get over the climb with the climbers, I can usually out sprint them. Um, if I get in a small breakaway, I have a decent, decent sprint. I'm not a crazy sprinter. Like you go to the last turn and everybody's like dive bombing. I'm like, yeah, I like my skin. Um, so the track, I wasn't again, not a pure sprinter that was actually really comical. I won the match sprints in the collegiate uh, national championship. And it was just hilarious because I had to do every repertoire round because I'm just not a pure sprinter. I can outsmart people. So Dan was like, you had to win it the hard way. I'm like, well, you know, (laughs) but, um, so I, 
I we mountain bike for fun, but I'm horrible at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like there's a tree, let me run into it. There's a rock, let me smash into it. Um, so a, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Any cross racing? Like cycle cross. So the Cy- question you had of oh, go ahead. I, I said any cycle cross racing? No. Uh-uh, oh. I'm horrible yeah. at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do the, the dismount and run by your bike. I'm like, let yeah. me just unclip and get my leg over. Um, I I probably, I mean, at some point would maybe entertain the idea, but we're not big into gravel or cycle cross. We just kind of like the, the, the road. Um, we both really actually liked Zwift a lot. When I, when Zwift first started, I don't remember what, even what year it was. Dan was telling me all about it. And this was when I was sick and not really riding. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever Zwift. It's, it's great. You know, have fun with it. And then he finally got me into it a couple of years ago. And it's it's just a really unique thing, a really unique platform that we both really, really like. We also, we use it a lot. I mean, we ride on it a ton, mostly, well, it's just a fun experience. I also find that the quality of riding and training, especially when you're getting older and you have a family and a job, you can jump on there, get mm-hmm. a group ride, do a workout, and it's just you can get it all done with really good quality training. Um, and you can also ride and race any time of day. So if our daughter goes to bed, we can jump on there and do a ride. We don't care about the weather. We were laughing today. We went out for a ride outside and it just takes so much longer to get ready. It's like you walk out to the garage, you know, George in a Jersey on you jump on and go and here it's like, Oh man, I got to get water bottles. Wait, let me make sure I have flat kit. Wait, hold on. We need all this stuff. Um, so we both just absolutely love it. Yeah. We do, like I said, pretty much 90% of our training on Zwift now. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, um, so that, that's how I know Rebecca is from, uh, the, the, the Dutch, di- uh, Dutch diesel cycling group. Um, yeah. and, uh, it's funny as you both Dan and you jump on swift at uh, the craziest times and (laughs) (laughs) just just to get get the ocean and you do how how many miles did you ride uh up until now do you do you know on swift on swift or and or outside yeah in total um well like i said um, i can look on strava but pretty much almost all my riding is on swift now just from the the aspect there's probably done about 6,000 miles this year on Zwift. Yeah. yeah that's, wow. that's pretty so decent. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> pretty good chunk of it. Yeah. Um, we've gotten a little soft when it comes to cold and even hot. It's like, Oh, it's too cold. Oh, it's too hot. We'll just go right on Zwift. Um, <laughs> so it, it works out pretty well. And now that our daughter likes to do it a little bit, she'll jump on and ride a little bit with us. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, we, Dan and I were talking earlier. We don't even know how we really stumbled on the Dutch Diesel group. We, I think, we like the Monday ride and Thursday ride, and all of a sudden we just saw the the banter from people, and it just kind of it was a just a nice group of people. We kind of get we got sucked into it, and it was just next thing you know, we're doing team time trials with them and yeah. yuck chucking with them. It's a it's a fun group of people. Oh, that came in. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um, but. So you had mentioned the idea of trying to mesh a family with mm-hmm. riding and racing. Exactly. Um, I think I'm fortunate because my partner really likes to 
ride and race. And so he understands yeah. that aspect of all the time it takes um, because it's not just the riding, it's the, the strength training in the winter and it's trying to, you know, do all those extra things and mm -hmm. um, the recovery and also having a small child. Um, so I, I, it's a unique experience because he loves racing and riding and training just as much as I do. Um, cause I know there's other, I have friends that have significant others that don't understand the time it takes to go ride. They're like, you're going to go do a training ride again. Um, so, but I, I think our daughter loves traveling and going places. So one of her favorite things is to swim at a hotel pool. So <laughs> when we go travel places, you know, as long as there's a pool there, she's game for it. Yeah. Um, and with her being such a social butterfly too, that really helps. She's a was talking to people. Um, so I, it's been relatively easy on that regard. I've always had support um, from him when I, even when I was traveling a ton racing, he had no, he, he thought it was cool. Yeah. So it would, it made it, it made it really easy to do that. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I know it's not always that easy to get, you know, when you, when your significant other isn't, excited about you going out and training a bunch yeah. and riding and then coming home tired <laughs> you know so we both have we have the understanding uh you know it's like okay i'm gonna go take a nap now can you can you we call it wrangling can you wrangle a child <laughs> and get done with a nap okay your turn tag you're it you're gonna help now so um but it it, it can it's it's pretty seamless and easy but and like i said with swift now we don't we used to have to figure out when you could go out and train during the day. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, Oh, if it's in the morning or after work or, you know, during the day, it's really nice with our um, PhDs. We have a pretty flexible schedule. Mm -hmm. um, but now the ability to jump on after work on, on Zwift, it makes it pretty nice and easy to not have to schedule your life around going outside to train. You can do it inside. So yeah. it, it, it frees things up a lot for that. Yeah. yeah. What I really like about it too, is that you're not away from the desk. If you get like a, a call, emergency call, like I've been, I've tried to sneak in an hour lunch ride. Right. And then you get a call and they're like, can you jump on a conference? And you're like, Oh, can you like, give me 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if you have, if you're on Zwift, you can just, okay, I'm going to pause it right here and hop on the call. You know, yeah. I think it. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Yeah. No, the, not, and I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. go ahead. Oh, I was saying, and that's a, a common theme that we see with a lot of people that Zwift is amazing for that because you can jump on and off and pause things and, and come back and, and do stuff where some people actually do their phone calls while they're Zwifting. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, you know, you put yourself on mute. It's like, I just need to hear you. So that's totally fine. Um, and it, you know, we've, we haven't been riding outside nearly as much, especially the last few months. We just don't, think it would it's necessary to take that that risk is there's so many people doing group rides around here now and it's just we got an email um there's from the local cycling group if you were on the b ride last tuesday and thursday somebody tested positive with coronavirus so oh. we're not going to do that riding oh, boy. Wow. so it's it's a unique time it's a little disappointing that we're not having racing this year but it's we can get our itch scrapped with doing Zwift races. So that's the other nice thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's an, uh, over here. I think basically starting next week, uh, they are opening up to some racing, right? So it's the, um, the 5th of July, you have the, the mountain bike race. There is um, a couple of road races uh, planned, uh, local uh, grids over here. So they are opening up and um, yeah, man, you see more and more groups going out and, uh, and riding together. Um, it's, uh, yeah, you still have to be very, very cautious. So you mentioned doing the uh, Twilight Crit. Did you do that yeah. whole series? Um, yeah, so I've done Speed Week quite a few times. Yeah. Because when we were in the South there, it was really easy to do all that. So I'd done Speed Week, oh man, I don't know how many times. Um, especially when we were in Florida, we would drive up and, and do that. So um, that was, I raced for, it was called Aaron's Corporate Furnishing. It was actually um the sister team to jittery joe's so it was the same guy that ran micah rice ran jittery joe's and aaron's they had a, a female ds um carmen that they had that when we traveled um so that was 2007 i think it was when i won twilight um but yeah that's a that's a, just a crazy race there's just so many people out on the streets yeah. you call his town um mm the the bars are pretty lax so people can drink outside and so it's a it, yeah speed week was a, just a great experience we yeah. have a really good time with it a lot of crit racing i think it's it was like six or seven races in in a week all all criteriums pretty much in like midday or evening so a lot of a lot of racing you get done with that and you're like okay i'm ready to go home i'm tired now yeah exactly <laughs> but, did you ever come up to Westchester, Pennsylvania and do our crit here? I think we did actually. The Iron Hill. Um, um, that there's like the downtown, it was a USA crit one, right? Yes. It's now. Yes. Yeah, so when we did it, it wasn't a USA crit, but it was a, still a big, a big one. Um, I used to battle Laura Van Gilder all the time. I know yeah. she's still racing. Um, so yeah, we would do a ton. So we would go up, and live in Kutztown and do all the racing in around mm. Pennsylvania area, drive up to do Fitchburg and all those races. So a lot of the criteriums around there. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a, that's a, such a cool town. Like it's yeah. just this nice little area. We yeah. love it there. Yeah. yeah that's like, um, so what, we do miss, miles? we, we do miss um, being able to do that, you know, go away for the summer, go up to Pennsylvania race. Um, it's just not, feasible with a seven-year-old yeah. so uh you know it's like you're gonna we're all gonna go to Pennsylvania so there's some things we can't do anymore um I I hope to get back on the track at some point um and maybe do master's track nationals again um there, we there used to be a velodrome in Texas and Frisco but they got rid of that so uh, but I haven't been on a track bike for years but it probably will come back pretty quickly yeah. I hope yeah, <laughs> if, sure. if I get back on but yeah so we would um I did the race in Philly I don't a number of times too that was always a a crazy one manning wall and all that yeah. so um racing with a hundred plus women um some of them cat fours I one year we did it when they it was open category it was just chaos wow oh sorry i think somebody wants to say hi you want to okay. come say hi uh, okay go <laughs> okay go to the bathroom <laughs> so you know <laughs> the joy of being a parent yeah. <laughs> so um, 
That's oh, cool. Well, Antonio, shut the door. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, and you but, said that you were. Uh, uh, yeah, you, so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, it, there's, it's a lot of really good racing up in that the New England area. Hmm. Um, so I think we even did some racing in Rhode Island. But um, I think there's one there. There's one in um, Baltimore, Maryland. We used to do a bunch. I can't remember the name of it. It might be part of the USA Crit series, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, we know uh, Ashley Trevieso, who does all the USA Crit stuff. So we know Frank Frank Trevieso lived in Florida. So we did a ton of. Dan used to race him all the time, and then when they moved up, when he moved to Georgia, got married to Ashley. So we know Ashley and Frank pretty well. Um, and so, but they always, they put on great events. They, they've been doing that for forever. Um, so I know they've been pretty bummed that they don't get to do it this year. Right. Did you ever do the uh, tour of Somerville? Yes, I did. Um, probably a half a dozen to seven or eight times, just all the years we've gone up there. So yeah, we we did some, I always used to mess the sprint up. I never could get that timed right. <laughs> yeah. When I finally figured out the timing, they switched the direction of it. And I was like, yeah. man, why right. did you do that? <laughs> I think that's the I oldest. figured out this year, and now you changed it on me. <laughs> so it's like, where do I start sprinting now? Yeah, so, I think that's the um, oldest race. Yeah, no, that was, that was always, yeah, I, I think that sounds about, Sounds about right. They're not doing it this year, are they? No, no. This is the first year they're not doing it. In like it's usually years. right around what Memorial. Yep, Memorial Weekend. Seriously? Wow, I didn't. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that was always. Yeah, and there was always the lead up to those. Remember, there was the crits before. Um, there was a whole week that you could you could race the whole series. For for Somerville. For Somerville, yeah, they had a road race. They had crits in Manville. They had. Uh, crit and uh yeah yeah we sometimes we would do a mixture of them it just kind of depended um because most of the most of the years when i was up there on on a pro team so we were doing some mixed stuff and then traveling around a little bit um i don't know what my child's doing (laughs) um so yeah we would we pretty much did all the the races around there when we'd go up there so big ones, little ones. So I, I was, I really. Hi. Oh, sorry. Come say hi really quick. Hello. Like, like seven hi. Old. How are you? <laughs> okay. I'll go back. Okay. So I shut the door. They fly. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, um, Dan had said you guys uh, talked to Mandy. Um, was it last week? The, uh, two weeks ago. So yeah. I knew her from, so the team Novo Nordisk, um, Dan and I know Phil, the guy who runs it, because again, Florida connection down there. Um, and when when I was pregnant, so 2012, I actually went over to Spain and helped their women's team with some stuff. So I know Mandy a little bit. She's come a long way. She's She's amazing on the track. She was strong then, but she's just gotten so much better. So it's really cool to kind of watch her. Yeah. Uh, I know she's pretty bummed that there's not the, you know, the hiatus from training. I can't imagine what you do with her not being able to get on a track and train on the track right now. Right. Yeah. It'd be pretty difficult. 
He was he was talking about that uh, during the podcast, having to uh, find a strip of road basically and doing uh, I don't know what did he say forty or fifty miles an hour sprints on the on the road, right. <laughs> and hoping that he wouldn't uh, fall. Of course, uh, yeah. that, that that's how she she got by and she got a, a what bike, um, spent some time on on Swift, but uh, doing the sprints on the on the what bike, uh, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound like very much fun. No. <laughs> and you also raced in Europe, you said, with the mm-hmm. with the national team. Uh where did you go? Any 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 races specifically? Good memories? There that was just a very unique, crazy experience. I've the racing over there is just an it's a whole other world. I mean, it's kinda what when I came back, people asked about the experience it's like it's kind of the equivalent of football here just the fans spectators um and just the peloton size for women's racing so i did flanders uh flesh alone so some pretty big um ucr world cup races and that was just crazy 180 field with women mm-hmm. and everybody belongs there so it's not your pack fodder it's everybody and everybody fighting for it i remember being totally terrified at Flanders because you go from this four lane road down to like a single yeah. road for the first set of cobbles. And you're just in there and you're like, you're, I know there's going to be a giant crash. It's just going to happen. And like the middle imploded like a, a cave before the first set of cobbles. Um, so it was a big learning curve, just figuring out how to hold your position and stand there. Um, so those are probably two of the bigger races. I did a couple stage races, the tour of Holland, um, then did some stuff in Sweden and we did quite a bit in Holland. Um, so I had a, so there's, um, I think it's the Drenthe. I'm Mm -hmm. not slipping my mind. It's another set of world cups that we did. So I, I did, I'll never forget. We were it we're doing one of the world cups and you do these laps around the town and all of a sudden i got kind of pushed over i'm like i'll just bunny hop this curb so i jumped up on the curb the next thing i know i'm like riding through the middle of this like cafe patio i'm like oh no this is not gonna end very well so i was like oh man but yeah it was it was a lot of fun i'll never i wouldn't change it it was terrifying but very until you kind of figure it out um I didn't have a ton of success over there, um, but I, it was just, it was amazing. Experience, I think part yeah. of it would be um, having to go over there and stay over there and live, it, immerse myself that way, just because you get away from it there. It's just that experience of being in such big fields. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just never, we had, we did have that conversation, my husband and I, at some point of like, do I really want to make that jump mm-hmm. and go live in Europe and race over there? And, and yeah, it w- we entertained the idea. Um, but really at the place I was at with my PhD and kind of moving with that career and, and just the number of big sacrifices from a career perspective with the PhD, it would have just been a little bit too costly. Um, and so I was able to, to mix the two together and get over there and race some. Um, but in terms of making that next level, you need to be over in, in Europe, racing in Europe, um, to be competitive. Mm-hmm. There are exceptions to the rule. There are people like the Chloe Digerts that, you know, she doesn't do a ton of huge, like world cup races, but 
you saw what she did at the world championships. The world, that was yeah. just phenomenal. Um, the, a lot of those, those people are far and few between. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of made that decision of, you know, let's finish a PhD, do my postdoc and start a job and, you know, kind of make that trajectory. Cause I could still balance the two. It didn't make sense at the time. Do you think that, uh, more and maybe more specifically, uh, American women make that decision, um, to go for, um, uh, your, your study, your master's, your PhD, and basically say, Hey, that's, that's where I need to focus on, uh, because it's not being in Europe and, and, and from Europe, you kind of, there's literally a, a big distance between, and, and that's then that's almost like the trade-off you need to make. And that's, that. um, it feels like, uh, maybe a missed opportunity for, for many, many, um, uh, women cyclists in the, in, in the U S. And, and of course you're getting your PhD is amazing. <laughs> I think that's, and, and that's also having interviewed like Kim Geist and Mandy and also what you see, uh, so many, um, um female pro, uh, uh, cyclists have that, that PhD together with their cycling career. And I, I, I think that's just amazing um combining everything and then um, uh, doing your academics at that level uh, that's that's really a, it's just a ton of respect for that yeah the, the funny thing i kind of equated a phd to being like an endurance sport you know that it's just going to take time and you just, just plug away at it so that that was an easy equating to me but i think you're right there's a the sacrifices of going over to europe and staying there and living there and uprooting your life um And again, do they have the support or their significant other? The other aspect is the financial burden mm -hmm. because you're not professional women cyclists. They don't make a ton of money. I mean, it's just not there. Yeah. Um, and so to, to make that sacrifice, if you have a career, do you want to put that career on hold? Can you put that career on hold? I would have teammates that, you know, they were, they were racing full time. They didn't have, you know, they would work in the winter time. Um, and then race and train in the summer, you know, many of them had debt and it was just, there wasn't, there isn't that financial payoff for it. Right. Um, not that you have to have that to be, but in terms of uproot, moving your life over there, um, and living and having that, um, it's, it's difficult. Um, right. and so, and, and there is no, not, it's not just the salary. It's, mm -hmm. it's also the prize winnings are very different. Um, right. and I have that conversation, Dan, and I've had that conversation a lot, especially with him being sports economics, sports finance. And he did his, um, he's done some studies in terms of the economic aspects of cycling and, mm -hmm. um, you know, the different types of contracts cyclists have. And, and it's just, um, especially for females that it's just, there's a stark contrast to it. Right. Um, And part of it is just sponsorship, right? So mm -hmm. the, the sponsors aren't necessarily there uh, for female cycling. It's just that there's a difference. And even the prize money, I understand it. It's frustrating, especially being a female cyclist. Um, but I also understand that there aren't as, as many women. Um, and also in terms of what sponsors want to see, 
uh, the ones that would frustrate me are the ones where you'd have just as many women, pro-women as pro-men, and, and the prize list is, you know, a third or half mm -hmm. the difference between it. It's like, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's a little bit of economics aspect too. So, right. I, you know, I get that question quite a bit, you know, does it frustrate me or upset me that women, men and women aren't paid the same or have the same price list in some, some situations? Yes. Um, but there are a number of races that have equal prize money for men and women, which is always a, a you know, a cool thing to see. Um, but then there's also times where there is equal prize money and there's hardly any women that show up. So, then the next year there isn't equal prize money and you can kind of, I can understand that. Um, I've been on the, the winning side of that and the other side of it as well, where it's just different, but um, you know, it's, it's, there isn't necessarily a solution. And I'm kind of right now with the luxury of having actually both of us having a solid, good incomes, you know, we're not worried about, as much when we were, you know, students and um, trying to subsidize most of our summer with right. prize money and, you know, not trying to take out student loans, that was become an issue. Mm -hmm. But now it's, a, you know, we can afford the entry fees and afford not to make money at races. Um, and so that's, we're kind of in a more comfortable position that way too. So. Right. And you'd mentioned Laura Van Gilder earlier. Um, I was on a feeder team for the Navigators, and her husband okay. her, or her boyfriend at the time um, was on the same team with me. So we always used to see Laura at the races. And I believe there was a year where she won U.S. Nationals and didn't have a contract the next year. Uh, uh, I would not be surprised at that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so because she was on it, it was always amazing to me. Yeah, yeah. So Cheerwine folded. I think, I think, if memory serves me correctly, there was a couple of years where a few of us got hung out to dry. And it wasn't that sound has a negative connotation, but it was one of those things where the sponsor pulled out last minute and there wasn't a main sponsor in there. And you sign a contract or you, you make commitment and you kind of stop, you know, stop looking for new teams. Um, and then something happens, their main sponsor um, decides, hey, last minute, I'm not going to. And then all the other teams are full. Um, there would be times, too, where teams didn't think they could afford some of the top riders um, or women's teams. Um, so that was another thing I, I, I had heard from other female cyclists that teams didn't think they could afford them. And so, um, yeah, but that, that I, she raced on, we at one point, it was always funny because we always kept trying to race on the same team together because we were very similar. Um, she was a much better sprinter than me, but in terms of wanting to be in a race and race hard, I, I would always get in a breakaway with her. And I was like, man, I don't want to be in a breakaway with you because you're going to out sprint me and, I, and outsmart me. I cannot, I cannot figure you out. Like she's just such a, I respect her so much. She was always just and she's just such a nice person too. Oh, yeah. Um, but we always wanted to be on a race on a team together and it just never, at one point we had both signed to race for a team and it, it's a situation where a month before I was like, everybody had signed contracts and then all of a sudden the team went like it folded. It was, I think 
Deuce Plus. It was a team. Um, and it was, a. Uh, I think that was the year I actually raced for Jittery Joe's. So, um, Jittery Joe's had an amateur year, um, after it was professional. Um, and interestingly, my husband ran the team. It was a bunch of, uh, under 23 guys. Um, one, one of the kids, I call them kids. They're not kids anymore. Uh, Joey Roscoff was on the team. Nice. Um, so uh, we, we had a ton, we, that, that was a fun group of kids, um, travel around that speed week and all that stuff. And so I was the only female on the team, but it was just kind of a nice thing that Mike or Rice said, Hey, you don't have a team. You're, you know, Dan's running the team. It was local Athens, you know, and so they knew me from errands and being there. And so, um, we had a, a team car, um, with like a BMW with flaming coffee cups on the side. Nice. And so that was just relatively entertaining. It was a BMW that had like six bike racks across the top of it. And it was just, you know, the, those guys were in their early twenties. So, and it's always, it's always funny to see, you know, Joey was such a quiet, you know, hardworking kid and just su- such a talent. So it's fun to see where he's kind of grown and gotten to. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know Jed Schneider then too? Yes. Jed was actually lived just down the street from where Dan and I live. So we knew Jed pretty well. We didn't do as much collegiate stuff, but we knew those, those guys we'd go out and, you know, beat each other up on the local group rides. And Athens was a good, a a nice place. Good scene. The, Oh, it's like the WBL, the winter bike league. They'd get like a hundred, 200 people that would come down from Atlanta. And it was just like a, it was it was a really cool group ride. Um, they would have they call it the box, and it was they'd have first, second, and third place. They'd have women hot spot sprints. Um, and in the winter time, they were making a little bit of prize, a little bit of prize money for these sprints, and they'd fill the box with like prizes. It'd be like six pack of beer, really nice wine, <laughs> coffee. So it was a really we'd have a SAG vehicle. Um, so it was, it was a good time. So yeah, no, how do you know, uh, Jed? Uh, he and I both raced in New Mexico together. So he was the young, uh, the young kid and like nipping at our heels. And okay. then, uh, yeah, he, I went over to, to Belgium, I believe. And then when he came back, I remember he was with Jittery Joe's. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 We've crossed paths a few times. Actually, when I moved to France, I had to get rid of my car and he bought it from me. So <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Where is he living now? He's in Las Vegas. Uh, and speaking of Phil Guyman, he did. Phil was out there to take a KOM, and in, in the video, it's like him and Jed talking. Jed's giving him the, like the rundown of like how to get it. So it's pretty neat. Yeah. Well, because Phil lived in Georgia for a few years, yeah. so it was funny because we had moved to um, from Florida to Georgia, and then a couple of years later, Phil um, moved there. So he lived only about a mile or so from our house. Um, so we, we spent a lot of time hanging out with Phil and Phil came up to, um, Pennsylvania a couple times with us. So the first professional team Phil was on, on BMG. Um, it's really interesting. So Dan ran what was the director for that team. It was out of the Bahamas. Um, so he had his degree in sport management, his master's, and, um, he gets a phone call from a friend of ours that was in Florida guy Lee Farmer, um, the, who lived in the Bahamas, but also would fly over to race in Florida, they're hedge fund guys. And 
they said, do you want to do come, come down to the Bahamas and interview to be a director for this VMG team? And Dan's like, whoa, uh, when? <laughs> They're like, tomorrow we'll just fly over the Bahamas. And um, so then he got this, it was under 23 um, guys, um, a lot of them from Georgia. Um, and so Phil, you know, we had just, Dan had seen so much um, progression and promise when he was in Florida as, as a collegiate kid said, Hey, you know, let's bring you on over and do this. And they had their team camp in the Bahamas. It's like, I'm coming with you. Your team <laughs> <laughs> I'm just letting you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm coming too. So um, they had some crazy rides where they wanted the, the main guy that ran um, was the main sponsor. They would get up because they all ride super early in the morning, like four 30 on the Island there because they're hedge fund guys. So they needed, so they were all had lights and they were getting up at, you know, three, three 30 to go meet them to go ride. Cause it's the team training camp. I'm like, I'm sleeping in, <laughs> I will ride later cause I can. So, um, but yeah, we had, we had a good time with that. So yeah, Dan had, you know, he, he had the unique experience of being an athlete and a director and the it's, it, it's, it's a big job. It's a big task. Mm. Um, you think being an athlete's difficult being a director for athletes is like mm, right. yeah. <laughs> not much easier. Was he racing on the same team that he was directing as well? Um, he did some racing too. Yeah. So he would race with the, with the guys, not, not a lot of the big races cause they couldn't, but some of the smaller races. So he would, um, kind of work with them from, he's got, he's been riding and racing since he was like, I mean, high school. So right. forever, um, and he's he's a really smart bike racer. I, I probably learned more about racing just from him. Um, and so, and racing on the track actually really helped my. He's like, it will help your being a crit racer. It'll help that. It'll help you learn how to position, especially when you have like a five lap scratch race. It's like, <laughs> where are you going to be? You got a position from the gun. Um, and and so he did some racing with them um on and off so uh both with the bmg and in jerry joe's so he would do some of the racing with them yeah yeah i remember like back in the day like ed beeman would be out there with the navigators racing right and he'd be calling the shots from the pack (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah there was a few races where dan was doing that where like he would be like hey come on guys i'm not the one that needs to be covering this next move right <laughs> exactly. so yeah. Um, yeah. like no i should not be winning or i should not be the main person doing well that's 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 what you guys do yeah. right um right. so but yeah he had it was it was it was yeah i don't want to call it the good old days because it's it's not i mean it's it was a fun time where you don't have a lot of responsibility you're younger you're traveling around racing um and so the, the nice thing was that i was good enough to have my races paid for my equipment paid for mm-hmm. um and make a little money at salary and so it was just kind of a fun time but then there was that time of like well now i need to i don't want to say grow up but it was like decision of career versus this and it was like well know where i'm going to make my my salary and some point you get sick of sleeping a ton of people in a hotel room and you know it, you know how, yeah. <laughs> so at some point it's like well, well we'll change that but we still get to race and have fun um and there's a there's good racing around oklahoma there's the tulsa tough race yep. um we go down and do the um hotter and hell race um in wichita falls in texas yeah 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 
So and is, um, is that a, a, ro a road made, race? What'd you say? The 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 Tophren in Hell is that a road race or? So they have the harder than hell. They have like just a, a group ride mm -hmm. type thing where hundreds of people, thousands of people come. And then they also have it's a it's a stage race now. There oh. for for the pro men and women. There's um, Friday night uh, race criterion and down around the uh, the college there. And then there's the hundred k race. We wake up at like 7.30, so it's nice and cool. We get done before it's like 100 million degrees. And then on Sunday, there's another criterium. Um, so last year, it was really awesome because it probably made my one of my best, pretty good sing, stage race um, prize money. I won the overall. I won the road race. I was one, the one criterium was third and the other, but came home with pretty good chunk of change. Yeah. Um, my daughter was hilarious because we had gotten her Lego set. She's like, Mommy, I want you to win more bike races. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. But, um, so it was a good, a really good race. So we're super bummed because it's already been canceled, but it makes it makes sense. So, And there was tons of racing in Texas. Yeah. So we, used, we go down there quite a bit to race. Um, we have my husband's sister and my um nieces and nephews they live in texas just outside of dallas so it's we kind of roll sometimes family trips we go visit them and, and race yeah so yeah it's yeah I went, cool. I went to college right outside of austin so we would travel around and do a lot of the big races and um the our collegiate team was just like the bad news bears you know we were pretty scrappy but um msu in in wichita falls had a scholarship yeah. they were paying full mm -hmm. tuition and they even i think they had the israeli national champion come and race for them and this guy just cleaned up every race we went to it was like what year was that 92 91 92 yeah we um, used to battle msu all the time at collegiate nationals they would always have really strong teams because because of, of that yeah um i've actually funny thing is um a couple of the women i raced not only professionally but collegiately uh, um uh stephanie Austinbrink, um she raced collegiately and we we connected up on zwift again all i got a message random message on messenger like do you remember me and i, I didn't re recognize the last name at first um and she's like we raced in california i was like oh collegiately so it's been kind of cool to i've connected up with some old teammates and and people i've raced with on zwift that i would never have you know reconnected with right. and met some really so it's kind of a cool thing you know and sometimes go do a, a ride with them you know meet up ride so it's kind of yeah. a unique experience. yeah strava is kind of the same way too you can find people on strava you're like oh you're still riding you know <laughs> I know, and then you you message them, and it's like I'm not really stalking you. I just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. like your ride. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. can I follow? That's yeah. The following thing is just it's kind of like they need to come up with a better term than that. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to follow you. It's like not stalkery at all. Yeah, you know, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I tease Phil about a bunch about that stuff because his, you know, he's like. You were tired. What what happened? Yeah. It's like I'm the fittest I've ever been. I'm like I was listening to the uh, to a podcast actually from Lawrence and them who retired, but he's doing all these 
social media things and he wants to write a lot uh, he had, actually had very good plans to to ride dirty cancer and Latville and many other races in the in the u.s and his latest podcast he interviewed um, allison tetrick and uh, it's in english it's uh, it's actually a very good uh, good listen but that's it, it, it kind of goes about the same thing is retiring and then just being in the best shape he is especially now with COVID, he's in super shape now because he has a lot of time and he does these amazing long rides and um so it's it's funny to 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 hear that but if, if i listen to you uh, rebecca it's it's you still race at at, at a pretty high level so it's almost like you're you're never really retired quote unquote or got out of it just you're still going strong um and then, then yeah. combining it and we you, you already spoke to that with with combining with family and with work do you notice any let's say uh loss of strength or things the recovery getting more difficulty difficult or things like that um yeah yes and unfortunately part of it um, has to do, I don't recover as well as I used to. I mean, and part of that's the aging process, but unfortunately, um, after my daughter was born, I had to have a complete hysterectomy. And so that was when I was 33. And so, um, that I've noticed with the loss of, so a lot of women who have hysterectomy, they want to supplement with testosterone. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately you can't because if they see any synthetic testosterone, you can't get a TUE for it. Um, and so it, I do notice that the, the rate of recovery is a lot more challenging. So some days when I, I just notice it more. So, um, one of the, the aspects is my volume's not nearly as much as I used to. Um, but the quality of training, we've kind of rejiggered it a little bit. So you don't need as much volume. Plus I'm not doing big, huge stage races anymore. So that changes it to, I don't need that huge base. Um, and so we've done a little bit of that. Um, but yeah, no, I've becoming a more seasoned <laughs> individual, uh, you know, a little bit older. And even with chatting with, with Dan, you know, he's, um, a few years older than I am. I won't rat out his age. Um, he's about, he's about five, six years older than I am. Um, and noticing that, you know, you have the recoveries and there as much, my dad still rides a lot and he's 75. Mm. Um, and I've noticed that more with, with him, the loss of, of strength, VR2 gone down, um, tease him now. It's like, now I can finally, <laughs> now I can finally outride my dad. <laughs> it's like, is it cause I've gotten stronger or is it because you've gotten older? Yeah. Um, but I talk with my dad about it quite a bit. Um, and so it just, he's just not as strong. It's the inevitable aspect, right? So we have, you, we're getting older, but we also have the influx of younger people all the time, yeah. right? And so it, it's just part of it. The, the one thing about cycling that's really awesome is you don't have to be the strongest person to win a race. Mm -hmm. There were plenty of races where I wasn't the fastest sprinter. I wasn't probably the strongest time trialist, the best climber, but I still was able to win because it's, it's, a, it's a, there's drafting, there's tactics, there's team. So that's kind of the unique aspect of it. So that even if you are aging and losing some of that, you can still be crafty. Yeah. Your sprint power is going to go a little bit, 
but you know, it's still a fun thing. Um, I think allowing the body to the recovery is where a lot of people I think get frustrated with, especially as they get older, they want to stack on the hard workouts, but you you just, your body can't do that. So making sure you get the proper recovery, um, and just, yeah, it's an, you know, you, I teach, uh, one, one of the lectures, it's that it's the physiological effects of aging on, you know, VO2 muscle mass. And I'm like, this is probably the most depressing lecture I'm going to have to do because you're (laughs) going to get older. (laughs) You're going to lose muscle mass. Your VO2 is going to go down and it doesn't matter what you do because it's going to go down. I mean, yes, you got to take performance enhancing drugs. I'm not saying that's, you should do that, but that's really the only way to mitigate that. Um, And so, yeah, I'm like, this is our, our sad lecture as we get older and it's, you know, the muscle mass size, you, you just lose it. You can do everything that you can when you're younger to maximize and be at your best fitness. And, but you know, it's, but you can be, you know, we have friends, there's female site, Laura Van Gilder, you know, she's, she was winning huge races in her Mm -hmm. forties. Um, and so it's not that you can't win and do, do well. It's just, you might have to be a little crafty to get there yeah do you also think that nowadays with all the the data all the science whether it's nutrition whether it's training programs whether it's the tools that you have with power meters with being older right now and not having had that in the past you actually have a small let's say bonus because now you can actually make use of that i think all the whole younger generation yeah I think with what we know about recovery and the modality with recovery. So, you know, the icing and the, um, the compression right. mm-hmm. tights and, um, the, Oh, my brain, brain fart. I'm, I'm talking about being old. Um, the, the things that squeeze your legs, what are they called? The, com- the podium the, legs. The compre- they inflate. Yes. Uh, yes. Podium yeah. legs. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the nutrition and different supplements. And I mean, if you look online for sports nutrition, it's crazy how much stuff is out there. Um, So there's a lot more knowledge, um, power meter, you know, people using power meters, you can dial in your training, your your workouts. Um, I've been in cycling long enough to where you used to just use heart rate or RPE to do your workouts as opposed to dialing in. And I I think people get too stuck on that, you know, that you get to focus on the power meter um, and, you know, being able to ride by feel and effort and, you know, motivation that way. But I I do agree that that helps a lot. It makes, it makes huge difference. So there's so much more knowledge. Um, You know, there's so many, if you go and look at um, PubMed, well, like an academic Google scholar type in, you know, exercise, physiology, racing, I mean, cycling, there's so much, so many research articles and different aspects of racing in terms of what are the different types of workouts. There's tons of books out there. So there's just a huge wealth of knowledge that I think makes a a big difference in terms of kind of helping kind of minimize some of that decay that we're going to have no matter what as we get older it's like compensating for (laughs) that that inevitable loss that you will get but you can compensate it by by all the other things in case you haven't been using that uh already yeah 
So there's there's still I, there's still hope for me. I've That's noticed good. that when I was younger, I could get away with a lot more, like maybe not do your stretching and your core as religiously as you did. And now that you, when you get older, it's like, oh, I haven't done core for a few days. That's yeah. why my back hurts. It's like, man. <laughs> um, and so we we keep talking about and you know with the loss of strength, we keep talking about trying to do some sort of lifting for the whole year, but we get you know, we, we lift in the, we used to just lift in that. Well, we still do lift in the off season, but carrying it over. Um, we haven't been as good as we should be with that. Um, life gets in the way. So we're like, well, can't just keep, you know, especially now Well, we wouldn't be lifting now. We didn't like going to the gym right now. It's just not a place I really want to go. Um, but yeah, no, I think there's just a lot more on knowledge and understanding that we can use to kind of help that but you know at some point it's going to be we get slower that's why we're going to keep sticking to masters nationals because there's age group stuff so we can kind of <laughs> at least level the playing field a little bit yeah exactly the, yeah, i feel like the nutrition has changed a lot too mm-hmm. like since the 90s have you seen that yeah um definitely in terms of even what's uh, um, available for athletes to, but just the knowledge base of it in terms of, um, you know, when I was a lot younger, there wasn't much talk about this, the macronutrients in terms of cycling on and off different types in terms of if you're, so you're not eating, you know, it was always like carb loading, carb loading when right. I was quite a bit younger. And now there's more of a well, protein. Um, not only that, but there's literature and research out there in terms of fueling is different for men and women mm-hmm. in terms of how much protein and carbohydrates. It's, it's not the same one size fits all. There's some really interesting research out of Australia that talked about the macronutrient content and they would actually provide different, different amounts of protein after hard workouts for men and women. And they saw the recovery was different between the two. Um, and so it, yeah, the, that's just changed dramatically. And it's, it's because of research and what's available and out there now. Yeah. Right. And, and you, you spoke about that, Jeff, um, not too long ago, or we were talking about it, uh, the ketones. Yeah. Have, you know, people were doing the ketogenic diet and then they found out these ketone esters where you can essentially carbo load and be in ketosis at the same time. <laughs> so it's the best of both worlds. Uh, I don't know. Have you tried those at all? No, I haven't um, gotten into that as much. Um, I end up going down too many rabbit <laughs> rabbit holes when I start researching that different stuff. Um, and and some of the times that it, what's been it, stuff's been working for me in terms of what I've been doing. So I kind of just you know it's if it's not broken, don't right. you don't need to fix it type thing. And there's yeah. always that hard part of you know, the, the, what is, well, what if I tried this diet? Would I be better? Or what if I tried this workout? Would I be stronger? And you, know, cause people always ask, you know, what kind of workouts do you do? Um, you know, there's so many different interval sets and different things you can do. And, and, you know, we've always kept things pretty simple, you know, VO2 max intervals, threshold intervals. It's worked for, for me. Yeah. Maybe I would be, would have been a better cyclist or maybe I would have been a worse cyclist. It works. I like, I like to not have to take a, you know, a eight, you know, little note card and write down my workout or have to check my phone every five minutes in terms of the different interval sets. I like to just be like, I know I'm doing three by 15. This is the watts I need to do. This is the rest. I'm good. Yeah. 
or the death VO2 intervals. I know I'm just going to have to go hard for three, four minutes, rest for not enough time and do it again. Um, so that, that, that it's been super simple. Dan, um, when he was at UF, Bobby Livingston was down there and, and kind of he um, coached the collegiate team. So Dan learned all his coaching stuff because one of the questions I get a lot is that, do I coach myself? And I don't. Um, I think it's it's good to be one step away from it. Um, mm -hmm. I would probably overtrain myself or be, even though I know better, <laughs> it's just, it's too close. So Dan has actually coached me for, for years. Um, and we do very similar plans and, and programs, um, but it, it's worked and it's just nice to kind of have somebody else <laughs> take charge. Yeah. It's like, I've, I've done some coaching. I don't do very much anymore just um, because I can't devote the time that I would, um, that they would deserve, you know, in terms of what, what the tools exactly. they, they have mm -hmm. to provide with power data and all that stuff and be able to look at it and analyze it. Um, so I don't, I haven't done that for quite a few years. I, it's not that I don't want to give advice and things. I'm happy to, to chat with people about stuff, but you know, the doing the coaching, that's, if you want to do it right, it's kind of a full-time yeah. gig that you want to do. The, um, so one of the things that I saw um, recently is that, so you said, you told um, your, your daughter is on Swift. And I also saw that um, <laughs> it was actually quite funny. So she was on the, on the rollers trying to, to get a hang of that. Right. Um, and then I saw Dan on her bike trying to go on the rollers. So he was, he was spinning on the rollers on a kid's bike. <laughs> oh, oh uh, Dan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, it, you know, it's probably, we've been in lockdown way too much, but for whatever reason he pulled out, I mean, the rollers haven't been, they've been in the garage forever. And he just was like, Hey, Antonio, you want to learn how to ride the rollers? Sure. Why not? And so it's like, mommy and daddy had to show that we can both do it, but it was so hard. We didn't get any video of me. Cause I was just like, no, too many <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was relatively enter entertaining. And it, the crazier thing is she was really nervous about learning how to ride her bike without training wheels. And we, we unfortunately kind of probably made the mistake of not doing one of those glider bikes the, without the pedals when she was little. And so we just had her on like a, you know, tricycle and then a kid with training wheels. And so it took her a long time to get comfortable. So she just started riding her bike without training wheels in April. And so, and then Dan's like, let's try the rollers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, she, she was, had a good time with it. Yeah. It was relatively entertaining. Um, and, uh, unfortunately there was lots of jokes from Dan's friends on Facebook, um, about the riding the rollers and like, be careful, don't hurt yourself. And Dan's really good on the rollers. Um, he used to do this funny trick uh, for the collegiate kids. He would put them on a table and start riding his bike with, on the rollers on a table. Um, but the the getting the hurt aspect, uh, he broke his elbow at collegiate nationals oh, in Colorado years and years ago. Um, and he he went into surgery. They put a plate on his elbow but the way that the surgeon put it in wasn't quite correct. We found out later and they didn't give him any post-op directions or anything. And so he was riding 
rollers about a week after that had happened. Um, and he lost his balance and he, you know, you went to stabilize yourself. He grabbed the wall and his tricep contracted and it basically pulled the plate out and it shattered everything in his elbow. So he has a huge plate now in his elbow. So that was the comical thing of like, don't hurt yourself. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I was like, no, he's not going to, but he never fell off the rollers. So it was just kind of, yeah. Uh, that's... But yeah, those rollers are probably 25, 30 years old. <laughs> and they're still going pretty good. You probably will encourage your daughter to to go and 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 cycle. Um, what what is the the discipline that you have in mind for for her? And at what age do you think you want to get her out and be maybe be competitive or start training? Or well, she is unfortunately, unfortunately, a lot like her mother super competitive <laughs> like i'm i'm competitive to a fault it's a board game i want to win so she's a lot like that she but it's one of those things that um i think if she wants to try to race and wants to do it and if she wants to do it we'll we'll give her the the tools and the resources and we'll support her um but i i think it has to come from her, the sport's so hard as it is that mm-hmm. it has to come from intrinsically. Yeah. Um, and I also saw that a lot with being a junior in Colorado, there were lots of parents, you equate it to like the soccer parent, you know, they pushed mm-hmm. the kid, push the kid. And once they got out of juniors, they hated bike racing. They hated riding their bike because they were just pushed so hard. And so I would not want that for her. Um, and it would be great if she liked racing her bike, but if she doesn't, you know, so she's done a couple little kid races, um, not, not on her bike without training wheels. She would do it on her like big wheel bikes. She could tear around. It was pretty comical, but if she wants to do it, we, we do lots of family rides together. Um, and so it, if, if she expresses that interest, we'll be here to support her on it. Yeah. Um, I don't know what, having a third person in the house race would be like (laughs) (laughs) because junior races are really early in the morning but um so i mean i've seen i do see a lot of kids that are young that that race and train and um making it not so regimented that it becomes this a thing where you know it, it 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 you guys know cycling it's hard it's a yeah. hard sport yeah the motivation has to be there from from you and if it's not then it then it just becomes no not fun for anybody not exactly yeah but it's is for example um for for her kids if you would recommend any kids who shows interest in cycling um is it is it going on to onto the track or is it the BMX or is it mountain bike or because the road often has that thought about it's not not safe right it's you have to go out on the roads and unfortunately uh, there aren't that many bike lanes uh, in 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 the US so what 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 discipline would you recommend to to explore um, that's a really good point um, and so we actually will drive to some trail like just wrote, um, there's a lake not too far from us, um, Lake Draper that had a new bike path around it because you're, you're right in terms of going out to train. Um, but things like BMX and mountain biking, um, are really great avenues to explore with them and, and also get really comfortable technically, right. In terms of 
if you can handle a mountain bike and a mountain bike trail, you're going to be comfortable. Um, and that was something when I was a kid, um, I used to go ride with my dad all the time. It wasn't until I was, you know, 15 or 16 that my mom was comfortable with me going out and riding by myself without, you know, him or another small group of people, because you're right. It's, it's dangerous. It can be. And that was pre cell phone. So, (laughs) you know, um, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's BMX mountain biking. Um, even I know that a lot of people do gravel stuff now. Um, so, cause it isn't, it, 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 you hear more and more people getting hit and hurt by cars. Um, we weren't in Oklahoma that long. Um, and we were both hit by a car. Dan likes to joke that we were hit by the welcome wagon. I'm like, that's not super funny. It kind of is funny, but not super funny. Um, so we, yeah, you're, it's, it's, it's true. Um, and people don't necessarily have safe places to go ride Mm -hmm. either with their kids. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's unfortunate. It's actually somebody local here. I'm not sure if you saw that in the news or uh, uh, Jeff, a uh, young kid, I think he was in college actually on a mountain bike scholarship and he got hit during a training ride and he, he passed away. So yeah. yeah, it's... That was just recently, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He worked in well, downtown and I Philadelphia. I was a kid from yeah. at, in the Athens, Atlanta area that was riding home and got um, hit by a car. Um passed away so yeah you hear you hear about it a lot um and it it wasn't it's not that dan and i didn't think about that when we were younger um but now that we have a kid we kind of think about it a little bit more Mm -hmm. um in terms of being out um and that's one of the really beautiful things about zwift too is that it's super safe i mean you're in your house you're in your garage or pain cave as they like to call them um and so it 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 is it is safe we were when we were out riding today it was like man i forgot how close cars like to get to us (laughs) like what is the point like come on now um and that's something you see commonly on you know you do a zwift ride or workout or you know one of the group rides and people are chatting a lot about you know, I don't ride outside anymore. It's just, it's not worth it to me. And so you can have a nice platform like Zwift where you ride and um, don't have to, you can get a hard workout, you can race, you can have a grand time. Um, so it's, it's, I, I really like riding outside. It's fun. It's, it, it's, it, there's nothing else like being able to go out and ride your bike outside and um, nice weather, you know, with family, yeah, with friends, mm-hmm. but it's it's not always the the safest are are you in one of the um so so you do the 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 team time trial on swift are you in let's say the uh, quote-unquote one of the official teams like the uh, atomic kitten or the spice girls the are you are you part of one of yeah so i do the spice girl i do the spice girl one (laughs) okay so with sam and um heather we we kind of um taken a little bit of a break because we had a, a people doing different training stuff. Um, so that's the, I, we've done like five or six of them with them. And those things are just so much fun. Yeah. They hurt, but man, they're fun. Yeah. Um, do, do you know what it's called? What'd you say? No, I, I was asking Jeff if he, if he knew about the concept doing a team time trial on, on Swift. No, I don't. 
Can, can you explain it oh, a little bit, first, Rebecca? It, it's, it's really weird, but it's super fun. So you're in pen and you have a couple different, so there, you can have up to eight riders. Um, and so, and usually we're on discord. So we're chatting with each other, which makes a, so if you have a really good person, that's kind of keeping track of who's supposed to pull next um, and how hard everybody's trying to pull. If somebody is able to kind of, it's almost like a director for the team time trial, somebody mm-hmm. chatting about it, but they're, they're, they're hard, but they're fun. So Dan does quite a few too. He's done um, either the, not the new kids on the block, the blur team. So it's, 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 it's fun. There's a lot of the Dutch diesel people that do them. It's, yeah. it's pretty comical, especially with all the trash talk that goes on from Tim Rush. <laughs> about yeah. it. And, and, and um, I think it was Max um, who was on the, on the earlier podcast together with Sam. And he said, you know what you should do for your podcast? You need to invite the, uh, the, the women's uh, team time trial t- uh, <laughs> team. Um, he said that will, that will be so much fun. If oh you... my gosh, Sam's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be hilarious. Oh, Sam, Sam is hilarious. Yeah. So there's, that's what's so cool. So it's, I don't know. I've never met any of these people in real life. And so you have this interesting now friendship with these individuals from all over the world. So there's people on the same time channel that are from in California, CJ, who's a, you know, track rider, world champion, masters track rider that will do race on the Spice Girls. There's people in Australia, like um, Sam and Heather's from New Zealand. So it's this big group of people. And every once in a while, you'll find somebody that knows a person that knows a person that knows you, you know? And so it's just, it's, it's a, interesting platform um and so yeah the team time trials have been but we've um the spice girls had been invited a couple times to do the one where they tell um where nathan garrett does the Mm -hmm. live casting of it like oh the it's like the premier league yeah we've done well enough to do it but the problem is it's like 2 a.m or something crazy for the people in new zealand and australia and sam's like i'm not getting up that early i love you guys but i'm not getting up that early (laughs) like yeah exactly Yeah, that, and hopefully they they find a different time and do another one because that's super interesting. Because you have a team like uh, Team what is it, Twenty uh, Twenty, who also then yeah. raise, would raise you and uh, uh, and you the, the team that you have is super strong. The the I think you you eat easily do four watts per kilogram uh, during that team time trial. The super strong rider. So that's uh, yeah, that would be that would be very interesting to do that. It would be fun to do one where we, you know, kind of do the TV thing and have that. We yeah. typically will get in the top, top 10, top, sneak into the top five. Um, but it, it's, it's crazy how many teams do it. It's, it's just a cool thing. And it's super, super painful. But it's, <laughs> it's fun. I mean, I've, I've done team time trials in real life and done them on Zwift. And it's probably harder than Zwift minus the team time trial. So when I was over and did the tour of Holland, there was a team time trial. And that's um, one of the years Kristen Armstrong was over on the national team. And she basically just pulled us the whole time. Like she did, it was like Kristen Armstrong and the rest of the Americans all stacked up behind her. And that was super painful. Even if you were like third or fourth wheels, like this is just ridiculous. You are so strong. I mean, mean, she is olympian in the time yeah. trial so it makes sense the, the final thing on swift so they just released a new update i don't think it's live yet but uh, they actually have for the tour de france uh, the virtual tour de france they have 
I don't know, seven courses and they have mm -hmm. the, the Champs-Élysées uh, course uh, they have that so that, that that will be interesting so that I think that will be a really really nice addition to to Swift to have those yeah yeah Look no so that. that that's kind of a cool thing that they're trying to jump into and I mean it's a unique time because that this would wouldn't happen unless we had coronavirus and trying to do that and there's always the issues with um you know people having trainers that are reading too high or, you know, various mm -hmm. things that people can do to enhance performance on Zwift. And I know they're, they're actively trying to talk about how do we navigate and manage this if they do want to kind of go into a more competitive platform. Right. So when there's higher stakes than just doing a, you know, a, a random race. Um, so I think it's, it, they're kind of on the right track. I think it's, it's cool stuff. I mean, I think we're still, wondering if they're going to do the national championships. Um, so they, they had Zwift nationals last year for all the different countries and they still haven't released the date for it, which is Dan and I are a little surprised because you would think right now with everybody under lockdown or not, you know, not having as much racing that it would be a kind of a good time to fire that off. But yeah, no, we're, we're intrigued to watch it. We're pretty bummed that it's what we watch in July and <laughs> the tour de France. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, thanks again for 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 joining. And yeah. uh, I, I hope you uh, and and that, that, yeah, absolutely. If if Dan wants to come on, I, I think that's super interesting. All the sports economics and 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 talking more about that. I think that's that's a, that would be a great topic. And uh, but also uh, for you, uh, I hope you will be able to uh, to to join us again. Um, and I'll I'll see you on Swift, anyways. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, probably. Yeah. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably <laughs> probably but yeah like i said if you guys ever um have other topics i'd be happy to chat yeah so. yeah absolutely okay uh, thanks so much and okay. uh, have a have a great yeah, evening okay thank you you too bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.